Welcome to the Community Services Connection podcast, an informative podcast for those who live, work, and play in our paradise. We're covering everything from recreation and pools, libraries and history, parks and natural resources, and the UF IFAS Extension Office of Charlotte County. Today on the podcast with me, I have our coastal management team, Alexandria, Susie, thank you so much for being on here today. Thank you for having us. Tell me a little bit about what you do. So other than shorebirds and sea turtles, we'll do bald eagle monitoring for eagle watch um, through Autobahn. Um, We'll also do horseshoe crab watch, um, horseshoe crab surveys, and then we'll also actually help sea grant out with uh, seagrass surveys as well. How did you get into this? Um, I studied biology at UCF um, while I was at college, and I tried as much as possible to do as much marine biology courses and research as I could um, to get as much background as I could, um, because I was always told, you know, the more background and experience you have, the better time you'll have trying to go further in your career. And I have a marine biology uh, degree from Florida Atlantic University on the East Coast, and um, my initial work was with sea turtles at Palm Beach County. And so I got very involved with sea turtles and have just loved it and done it ever since, pretty much. Well, I know our community feels like we are really lucky to have you both. Every time we share just the smallest tidbit of information about the sea turtles, everybody loves it. So what are some of the highlights from this year? I know we had a lot of hatchlings. We did, actually, and this was a really high year for our county um, sea turtle number-wise. Um, our numbers are still trickling in and we are still waiting for our end of year reports from our monitors, but it looks like right now we're at about 2,100 nests. Um, and I know like our trend is continually going up, even though the next couple of years we might see the amount of nests to go down. Our trend is always going to be. Yeah. Sea turtle nesting cycles every three years. And so this year was the high year and then the next two years will drop down, but it tends to always trend up and the numbers increase each each cycle so that's great is there anything that the public can be doing to help those trends continue to go up uh definitely how we oh public involvement and public participation um just by things you do at the beach is probably the best effort that you can put forth especially for those people that live on the beach sea turtles are affected by light so a lot of our educational um outreach And also our permitting requirements for development on the beach require certain types of lighting and window tint on their windows to help reduce the amount of light on the beach. So those people that live there know exactly (laughs) what they're supposed to do to help with turtles with the lighting. But um, as a visitor, you can also really help our sea turtles, Um, especially those people that that visit our beach and rent on the beach um, when you're staying in a unit. Closing your blinds at night is very, very helpful. Um, it reduces the amount of light that shines onto the beach and helps um, with our sea turtles be able to orient themselves and find the way to the water when the nesting females come up and also when the hatchlings emerge, they need to find their way to the water. Um, when you're on the beach, it's fun to build sandcastles and dig holes, but make sure before you leave that day, you knock down those sandcastles, you fill in those holes because they can trap not only females climbing up to nest on the beach, but also the small little one-inch hatchlings that are trying to make them toast to the water. Um, keep your pets off the beach. Um, that's another, I know we like to bring our pets on vacation, but especially during nesting season, it's not the place, best place to have your dogs. Um, they see the dogs as predators. It can prohibit or, and, and 
nesting um, from our shorebirds. They can dig up the sea turtle nests that actually are buried in the ground and always dispose of your trash and remove all personal objects when you live from the beach because they can become obstacles at night for sea turtles that are on the beach. How about the people who are coming here on vacation and may not know, maybe they don't have sea turtles, you know, where they're from, and they come here for an evening walk on the beach and innocently take out a flashlight. Can we talk about the dangers of that? Because I, I think a lot of people don't realize that there is harm in the evening walk on the beach. Yeah, so actually um, a lot of people think that sea turtles can't see red light, and that's why people in FWC are always recommending the amber bulbs. Um, and sometimes uh, you'll see around sea turtle season some flashlights will come out that say like sea turtle approved flashlights and they'll just have a red bulb in it and it may or may not actually be an approved flashlight. Um, so we have uh, unfortunately come across people that have done evening walks on the beach or night walks on the beach because it's way cooler. A <laughs> lot less people on the beach too. Um, and a lot of people actually will go out at night to fish and so a lot of them will have like the headlamps with the flashlights on right. so um uh something that we ran into this year and was a lot of the fishermen on the beach but most of them were only turning on their lamps when they were looking for something still don't really want to do that no flashlights period as much as you want to take a picture of these animals you want to you know really see what they're doing it is really exciting but it does scare them it deters them from nesting uh, you know, it can disorient the hatchlings and even adults. It's really hard to disorient adults, but it does happen. Mm -hmm. And we actually had a turtle this year end up on somebody's front porch. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So we always good. recommend no flashlights, no cell phones. Use your cell phone as a flashlight. No cell phone lights, no, no video camera uh, flashes or lights. Um, it definitely is very detrimental to the sea turtles. I always recommend if you want to go for a stroll, let's wait until the moon's out. Right. Yep. You, it's amazing what you can see with a nice bright moon. Yeah, and if you give your eyes just 10 minutes to adjust, it's like you're out on the beach mm -hmm. with a flashlight. It can get really bright, and you actually see more that way, too, and it's it's actually really cool. Mm -hmm. So I know right now we're talking about the dangers of using a flashlight, and we're having the opportunity to educate anybody who's listening on the dangers, but... What is the reaction when you tell somebody at night or when you say, hey, you can't, you know, you can't have a light on the beach right now? Do you, are they upset? Is there a way that we as a community can help educate people? Um, for the most part with sea turtles, once you explain to them the reason why, I find them to be most pretty understanding and they will turn off the, off the light. Um, so I don't think we've ever come across where people are begrudging about it. Once they know it's to protect the sea turtles, they... They will comply. And once I know about all of the awesome work that we're doing, so right, that's yes. why I wanted to ask you, what are we working on? What exciting projects do we have coming up? One thing that we always work on every year prior to, prior to season is our education material. Um, we definitely like to get the word out there about all the different things that people can do to, to, to help the sea turtles. And of course, the rules and regulations on what they have to follow. Um, so we always update our educational material. We like to attend workshops to educate people, uh, festivals, different festivals. We create goodie bags full of educational paraphernalia. Like uh, one thing we came up with this year were our doggy bags. Um, we're going to be handing them out if we do see someone with a dog on the beach. <laughs> um, we like to educate them on why it's best not to bring their dog, but also leave them with a little reminder, you know, that, hey, use this, pick up your dog's waist, but... It has a little tag on it. It's going to say how to be wildlife friendly. 
So little things like that that we do. Um, we're really excited about that one. We attended the fourth annual lighting pollution workshop at the UF Hilton back in December. We were invited by FWC and the Archie Carr uh, Sea Turtle Research Center uh, to go present there. Um, and we did uh, a presentation on the challenges, successes, and actions that Charlotte County has done to help our sea turtles with the lighting pollution issues that we have had. Because, um, I mean, we've worked so hard to get our beaches where they are with sea turtles. And the amount of disorientations and code violations that we have is significantly less every single year. So um, clearly somebody was paying attention <laughs> and was like, hey. So, um, but one thing we did notice this year is even though on our beaches and like a bunch of our residents and condo associations have really worked hard to, you know, all their windows and light fixtures are appropriate. All their bulbs are getting there. We have sky glow issues from private airports and even big cities like Venice. And unfortunately, you can't just tell a big city like Venice, hey, can you turn off your lights between right. these months? <laughs> so that's an ongoing issue we're constantly working with. So and then we do workshops with um, Sea Turtle Conservancy and the uh, Minnesota Key or Minnesota Sandpiper Key Association, because especially post-Ian, um, a lot of these condo associations and the people who live on the beach are wanting to rebuild. So they like when we come out and do those types of workshops because then their residents get educated on what they need. So that way the code process and, you know, the permitting process is a lot easier because things like that pop up and a lot of people aren't aware of that. So and that is another thing also, Charlotte County has a public GIS layer, or mm-hmm. no, not layer, but feature that is available to the whole public. And one thing that we really appreciate on there is the sea turtle lighting zone layer on it, because the people who do live on the coast, um, if they're curious or they're thinking about doing any sort of construction or any add-ons or anything, and they're like, uh, well, let me just see if I'm in this zone real quick. It'll give them a heads up, like, right. okay, maybe I need to... Pay more attention to what I'm doing with my windows, my doors, any electrical that you're do, uh, putting outside. Um, so we like to have that open to the public as well. The few times I've been out on the beach with you both, people come up to you and say, what are you doing? They're so curious about the work that you do. So tell me a little bit about your day, start to finish. How, how early are you on the beach? Are you, are you there before all the beachgoers get there? Usually we like to start our day, you know, after sunrise, of course, so we can see. Um, and also started early when it's cool. <laughs> Nesting seasons from May 1st, October 31st. Hottest time of the year. <laughs> so yes. it's good to get out there early. Um, we have contracted sea turtle monitors that actually will go out and do the nest marking every morning. We have a group of dedicated volunteers who are wonderful. And they are actually out there, the ones out there staking, the, locating the nest, staking the nest, documenting the nest. Um as Charlotte County staff, we do a lot um, of requirements for our beach renourishment permit. So basically, we're gathering the data to help support um, the requirements of our permits for the state and federal agencies. So when we go out there, we're documenting um, and GPSing all the nests. So we get a spatial data of how many nests, where they're nesting, um, and information like that to provide with to our um the coastal engineer group that works for our renourishment. So um, we are pretty much out there GPSing nests once a week on every beach in Charlotte County. Wow. <laughs> and, which is a lot of beaches. We have Minnesota Key. We have Palm Island, Knight, Don Pedro, Little Gasparilla Island, and Boca, North Boca. So um, 
that is a lot of what we do on the beach, but we are not only there protecting our sea turtles, but we also are there protecting our nesting um, birds. We have a shorebird and seabird population that nest on our beaches also. So the other part of our job is to protect them. And, but we are out there actually physically staking off um, and um, posting our nesting areas. Shorebird and seabirds nest ex right on the beach. And as you can see, it's going to be definitely a hazard for them with beachgoers, animals. Um, so we have to identify the areas and protect them where they're nesting. So that is another big part of our job. Do you tape off where the nests are for the birds, like the same way that you do for the turtles? Yeah, it's very similar, but it's a much larger area because our um, nesting seabirds actually nest in colonies. And here in our county, we can have anywhere from, you know, a small number to up to 150 nests in an area. So it's a very large area that we're staking off. And for those of you that go to the beach probably have noticed <laughs> Stump Pass, um, Night Island, Palm Island area, and Boca, we have large staked off areas for our, shore, our, our seabirds. Um, then we have shorebirds, which nest um, solitary, so they actually have a small, uh, small nest. Um, and if we're lucky, they nest in the middle of the colony, so we don't have to stake off those individually. But um, they are directly on the beach, so they have to be protected from people, beachgoers. So is the nesting season the same as sea turtles? It's very similar. It's a little earlier and ends a little early. It's February 15th through August 31st. Okay. So they do overlap. Gotcha. Yes, but all during the summer. Well, while I still have you both here, I thought it'd be fun to play a little game because every, like I said, anytime that we put out any kind of news from you highlighting sea turtles and the progress that you're making, the community is so interested. So I thought it'd be fun to share some fun facts and okay. play a little true or false. So first up, sea turtles cannot see red light. And I think Lexi mentioned this yeah. earlier in the podcast. So if you were listening, you would know that this is... That's actually false. So sea turtles actually can see red light. It isn't... Um, it's a wavelength that doesn't affect them as much as the other light wavelengths that um, that we know of. Um, so the long wavelength lighting is actually less disruptive than white light is to sea turtles. Um, but even long wavelength lighting that is too bright may cause impacts to um, sea turtles and their hatchlings. Um, therefore, we always recommend using the lowest wattage or lumen uh, bulbs. Awesome. All right. Are we ready for the next one? Ready. <laughs> Hatchlings need a full moon when they emerge from their nests. And that is false. <laughs> Hatchlings can emerge at all phases of the moon. So um, the good thing about the full moon is, is that it, uh, when the full moon's out, they um, tend to disorient less because it's a brighter light and the hatchlings navigate towards the light. So um, the moon on the horizon provides them with much better um, ability to find the water. We see less disorientation when there is a full moon. So that is a myth that everybody that makes. Yes. That they need the moon to hatch. All right. Next, sea turtles cannot put their heads or limbs in their shell. Um, this is actually true. Uh, sea turtles uh, have the same muscles as other land turtles um, and tortoises, which uh, will allow them to pull back their heads. Um, however, there's a simply, uh, their carapace or shell is simply not large enough to fully retract their head and limbs into their shell. So sea turtles are actually uh, one of the only types of turtles that really can't pull their head and their limbs into their shell. Interesting. Next up, 
Hatchlings know the direction of the ocean when they emerge from their nests. Is that true? Well, it's true because I kind of alluded this to earlier. Um, when they emerge, they use visual uh, cues to direct them towards the water. So they don't automatically come up and know what direction to go. But when they come up, they use their their sight to find the brightest um, the brightest light or the uh, horizon line, and they will navigate towards that. So in a perfect situation, the horizon and the moon on the water is the brightest light in the area, and they will go through the water. But unfortunately, we know with artificial lighting um, in the condos and the, and the, the units behind the dune is usually brighter. Um, sometimes they will navigate towards the dune, and towards that, um, the dune almost looks like the horizon line with the right. artificial light behind it. So it's not that they know to go to the water, but in a perfect situation, they use the visual clues to get to the water. And that's why it's so important to build on code. Exactly. Or yeah. build up to code. <laughs> Sand temperature. Does that determine the sex of the hatchlings? True or false? That is actually true. And according to NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, uh, they say that if the temperatures stay below 81.86 degrees Fahrenheit, that all the eggs in the nest will be male. But if the temperature goes above 88.8 degrees Fahrenheit, then all the eggs will be female. And then if the temperatures in the sand um, fluctuate between the two ranges, then you'll have a mix of both male and female. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Females return to the same beach to nest where they hatched. Is that true or false? And that is true. Interesting. How do they know? Females have what they call a magnetic compass. So it's... um, so precise that they all, they not only return um, to their nesting beach where they were um, hatched from, but they return within a few hundred yards to lay their nest. Wow, that is fascinating. I have to ask because I am, I know everybody's wondering, and I am a Finding Nemo fan, <laughs> do they really live hundreds of years? Like, what is the average age of a sea turtle? Um, I believe it's... Between 60 and 80 years. 60 and 80 yeah, years. Yeah, but they can definitely live up to 150. Like yeah. they, they can oh, definitely live a lot longer, yeah. Yeah, I think leatherbacks are the ones that'll actually live really long time because they're the really big ones. Yep. So. Very cool. Well, thank you both for joining me on the podcast today. Where can people learn more about sea turtles and the projects that you're doing? Should they reach out to you directly or is there an email they should send questions to? Um, so for, for what we do here in Charlotte County, we do have on our community services webpage, um, more information on our sea turtle program and, um, happy to, answer any calls anybody has but I, I recommend go to our community services website for parks and natural resources um, under sea turtles and it basically talks a lot about what we just spoke about today um, some other agencies Florida Fish and Wildlife Con- Conservation Commission um, sea turtles are endangered so they are regulated not only by the county but of course the state and the federal agencies um, so our for- our Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission it's my fwc.com um, has a wonderful um, sea turtle page also and it it gets in very depth into um, construction and lighting and, and information like that if you want to know more of the specific guidelines um, enforced by the state um, we have a wonderful organization um, here in Florida it's called the sea turtle conservancy 
And it's really easy, conserveturtles.org. Actually, another wonderful program. Um, we work with them a lot on lighting um, issues. They have a wonderful grant program for retrofitting your lighting um, on your on your site. Oh, great. Um, and it's a grant-funded program, so they will assist in that, and they have valuable insight on how to, to make sure your, your site meets code. Oh, awesome. And, of course, Moat Marine Laboratory. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, well, at least our locals know that one. And if you're a, if you're a visitor, I highly recommend you visit um, up in Sarasota. So that's just moat.org. Awesome. Well, if you're out on the beach and you see Alexandria and Susie, make sure you say hello, take interest in what they're doing, and... Thank you for listening to the Community Services Connection podcast. Thanks for having me.